you know, this is not about winning your next election. Right. This is about taking care of your community. This is taking care of your constituents. This is about building something back. This isn't about just, this is about sustainability as a state, as a region. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have a guest, a guest that I've been working to have on this podcast since the inception over four years ago. He carries a lot of titles, a real estate professional who helps consumers buy and sell homes, a motivational leader of other real estate professionals at the largest real estate company in the nation, William Ravis Real Estate Company. He's a real estate investor. He's an entrepreneur. And he and his wife have created an environment, a platform, to inspire other young entrepreneurs. He's found his purpose. We talk a lot about purpose. He's found it, a calling, if you will. He battled what many considered an unwinnable battle of cancer. Wall Street Journal referred to him as Superman because of the recovery treatment used to keep him on this planet. It was completely novel and not yet approved by federal regulators. Now he inspires others with similar diagnosis, letting them know that they can achieve a path forward. He's a colleague. He's a friend. He's a brother who inspires me daily. Please meet Rich Murphy. Hey, Rich, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, that is one uh, long intro and um, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I was making sure you were you had me on the show. I, there's a lot of titles there, and uh, thank you. Uh, very humbled by that. We'll talk a little bit about a lot of it. How's that? Uh, I'm ready for it, but I'm glad you 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 corrected yourself by you know calling me a friend uh, because that's first and foremost. I'm not just a guest, Mark. Come on. Well, folks, so you're going to see we're going to dig into it a little bit here, and I'm glad to have you along for the ride. This is an amazing human being. And uh, as I mentioned, super inspirational. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. So Rich, I want to open with the conversation around cancer and your diagnosis over 15 years ago. Over 15 years ago, yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed uh, with mucosal melanoma in now. Um, the spring of 2008. And that journey between 2008 and 2012 really changed my life. And uh, it was during that time that I met you at, uh, at a gym in Marshfield. And uh, I think at that time you heard yeah. some stories about what was going on. And, and, it, and uh, I think we were walking out of the, the middle school gym and, and you came up to me and you asked me something about what was going on with me. I didn't know who you were at that time. And, uh, you know, we started a really close friendship after that conversation. How can I, don't I know help? If you remember. I do. I do very clearly, vividly. 
what was super inspiring about being along with your journey was your wife, Lori, and how she was able to bring the community together to support and essentially hug out the cancer from you. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, it was funny. I mean, so uh, I'm not sure if funny is the word, but um, you know, we were we were bottling for quite a long time. And early on, and I've told the story, but early on, I you know, I wanted to keep this thing locked up. Kids were little, kids were two, four and five, maybe. You know, you forget over time. And, you know, we didn't want to uh, expose the kids to what's going on. We want to keep them, wanted to treat them like mushrooms, keep them in the dark. And, um, you know, when I started my first uh, trial, we were in at Dana-Farber, and uh, it was it was February, probably, you know, this time wow. in 2000. I think it would have been 2011 or 12. And um, we were getting uh, a trial run of a bristol-myers squibb drug that is now called Yerbal. It was called Ippy at that time. <laughs> and they're plugging me into this medicine. And as I'm dozing off, I, I had a reaction. And so they had to give me Benadryl. And so I was dozing off and Lori's by my side. Well, I remember her holding my hand and saying, what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, in and out of, you know, sleeping. And I kind of popped open and popped awake. And Lori's holding my hand and she goes, I've got an idea. She goes, we're going to use uh, the Duxbury triathlon as a mechanism to raise money for Dana Farber and, and melanoma research. And so, you know, we went at it. And the Marshfield community, well, our good friends, um, we started training that summer. We had a ton of fun. And um, 2012, between 2000, I think we did it 2012, 13, and 14. And in those three years, we raised over 150000 if not close to $200,000 for Dana Farber. And um, that was a life-changing moment. Uh, not so much about the money. It was just, as you said, this community, this community of Marshall and beyond, um, for some reason took an interest in me. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. I, I want to dig into that a little bit because it was, it was so amazing and so inspiring. What effect do you think that had on your ability to heal? Oh my God, like huge. So look at, like I tell, I mean, you know the stories. I mean, I was trying everything. Um, we were doing, obviously I was, you know, at, in the care of Dana-Farber, but um, I was going to Katrina Manning over in Duxbury and I was lying on a bed of amethyst. She was doing healing chants with me. I was, I changed my diet. We were working out and, you know, and look at, look at, um, it's more about what's going on above your shoulders than below your shoulders. How much and, more? Uh, oh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's 99% of that. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I, look, it's, I didn't have a, how am I going to say this? Yeah. I didn't have the option of diet. <laughs> you know, yeah, I had things to do. I had people behind me. I had kids to raise. You had a kindergartner, if I remember. 
Excuse me? You had a kindergartner. Um, she was at steeple school, in fact. Oh. So, you know, one of the goals, um, yeah, there was, you know, the, the goalposts always changed with this, with my diagnosis. And, you know, my, a lot of the goalposts were changed with mechanism. You know, she was the youngest, uh, the only girl. And so, um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, do I need to, I, I got to get through preschool. I got to get through kindergarten. And then it was like, hey, I want to watch her, you know, graduate from middle school. And I remember, oh my God, Mark, picking her up at the, uh, when she graduated in fifth grade from middle school. It's embarrassing that I can't remember the, the principal at that time. But uh, I went in there and I, I, I had a, a letter from most of the staff just saying thank you. And, uh, you know, that was a huge hurdle. And then we had another hurdle later on, you know, it was, then it was middle school. And then it was high school, which Mackenzie graduated um, last year. And uh, the next hurdle is going to be graduating from Clemson. And then so, walking her down the aisle. <laughs> One step at a time, Mark. One step at a time, please. <laughs> well, she is a unicorn. She's a beautiful, beautiful human being. So some, <laughs> some, somebody's lucky out there. And that's there. not to say, you know, this. I forgot about my boys. My boys are ultimately important to me. But uh, for some reason, you know, the baby was the one that you wanted to get through all these things. Well, it makes sense, right? Because you've gotten through those with the older ones, right? So it's it's the target is... The younger, I, I get that completely. Yeah, but I mean, but you know, so many things changed in our life. As you know, my oldest, Max, went to BC Holiday. Well, Mark, this is our, I, I, I didn't want to share this with you, but you know, reason why we sent him to, one of the reasons why we sent him to BC Holiday and so, you know, if, if there wasn't going to be a father figure in the slot for a male figure, and you know, I come from, you know, big family brothers, but you know, they all had their own kids. My dad was busy doing things. And, um, you know, so Max, a majority of the reason why we sent Max to BCI was have, you know, a male figure in his life if, if that figure wasn't me. So. Makes a lot of sense to have that faith around and, and all of that as well. So let me ask you this. People find you. They seek you out. They connect with you. And you talk with them. What I, what do you say to people to help keep them motivated and inspired? Well, you know, um, yeah. So when you know when I was doing some, for lack of a better word, work for Dana Farber, after uh, you know after we went through the two trials, and after I was in the hospital for three days and. This is late 2012, and um, by August of 2012, where at one time I had 20 tumors all over, 20 or more tumors all over my body. By August of that year, and the medicine that I only took four times, the the uh, Bristol, not the Bristol Myers squib, it, it's um, uh, well, the other medicine. And once again, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's talk about what it is. It was it was this new novel type of treatment immunotherapy right back then yeah. and now this is something that's being distributed a lot to cancer patients yeah right? so you know um, my, my my oncologist dr stephen hody had a data farber when when we first were dealing with uh, certain drugs you know we went through a, a myriad of drugs to uh, try and hold this back 
And then there was a conversation with him at one time where he said, you know, conventional drugs aren't going to help you. Excuse me, you're going to have to go through the trial phase. And so we started delving into the trial phase of of, um, drugs. And uh, it was quite nerve wracking. And um, I remember, I'll tell you one of the funniest stories that I remember from this. So we were, I was, I was applying for um, one of the first immunotherapy drugs. It was by the name of a company by CureTech. Uh, it was an Israeli pharmaceutical company. And, you know, I had to go into Boston and do some tests, you know, pulmonary, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, you know, I'm at home waiting for the bile to go. And, and Dr. Hody called me one day. He goes, hey, you got to get into Boston. We got to do one more blood test. We got to try and manipulate your red blood, red blood count because it's too low for the, the test. But if we can get it up to a certain point, you know, I think we can have a, can get you in. And I said, well, what do we need to do? And he goes, well, you got to do some jumping jacks. And I said, jumping jacks? I said, you know, this is a little bit arbitrary. So he's like, yeah, you got you know, to get your heart rate. We got to get these red blood cells. So we're driving in, Lloyd's driving in, and I jump out on Molina Cass Boulevard in, in Roxbury. And I'm not a runner, as you know, Mark. And uh, I ran in from Molina, Molina Cass to Dana Farber and did the uh, blood work anyhow, and we got the number. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get into that trial. Um, and uh, I emailed the CEO of that company in LinkedIn. I still have it on my messages in LinkedIn. And uh, I boldly told him that he picked the wrong guy to give the last spot to, and he'll hear from me. And lo and behold, you know, Bristol Myers Squibb, Burke, uh, immunotherapy, and here I am. 15, 16 years later, doing quite well. Because you didn't have the option to die. I didn't. I, you know, um, I know you said you, you, you don't like swearing on this podcast, but I can remember times when I was trying to get myself in shape, uh, walking around that track behind the middle school in Marshfield, and I would pull... 20, 30, 40 minutes walking that track track, I would say F cancer in my head for miles and miles. Um, you know, my wife certainly wouldn't let me die. <laughs> Stubborn Italian. And um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about a mindset. I really do. I mean, there's, if you don't believe it, you're not going to, you're not going to achieve it. And I remember, and so, you know, to segue back to when you said people calling me. So, you know, Dana Farber had, you know, got me in the Globe, got me on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. I was doing some videos and I did some speaking engagements that I found very rewarding. And with that, people started finding me and calling me. And, um, you know, I remember getting calls from locally around here from um, various people around the South Shore. People all the way to California calling me, reading about my story and asking me, you know, what to do. And it's it's a little bit of a daunting question to be asked. But, um, you know, I would always listen to what they were saying, who was going through it. A lot of times it wasn't the patient per se. It was a loved one. And, um, you know, I would always say, and because I, I remember I, I felt that way. Um, there was one particular gentleman who didn't make it. 
he called me from Quincy and he just didn't know what to do. And I said, I know what you're doing right now. I said, you're sitting, you lived right off, uh, right off um, the water on Quincy Shore Drive. I said, you're sitting in your house, you're looking out the window and you're not engaging with the world. You're just watching people walk by you. I said, you got to get your ass out of that seat to go put your coat on and you got to walk and breathe the air and look at the sea and, and appreciate what's going on. And, um, you know, we stayed in touch for a long, long time and, and he appreciated that got him out of that bed, got him out of that house. And, um, unfortunately he did not make it, but, um, you know, I, 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 he didn't make it for lack of trying after that. You know, got his ass out of the bed and got him moving. And uh, I think it was a profound difference. The other thing that, you know, a good friend of mine's dealing with it right now with his mother. And, um, you know, the other thing that I always tell everybody is you need three people in that room. It's going to be the patient. You know, in my situation, it was myself, Lori, and my sister, Jenny. And um, look at your head, just, you know, my head is spinning. Lori's head is spinning. She's worried about me and the kids. I'm worried about myself and the kids and my wife. And um, so we walked out of many doctor's appointments where I would say, hey, that wasn't too bad. And Lori would go, oh, my God, that was horrible. And my sister would say, neither of you listened to anything. This is, yeah. you know, this is what they said. Because um, you are not in the right frame of mind. And uh, having that third vantage point was is super important. And I think I've told everyone who has called me over the last 15 years is make sure, don't be by yourself. Don't be there with just your loved one. You have to have somewhat of an impartial person in there to help you uh, see really, hear really what's going on. Tell me about what Dana-Farber means to you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's a place that's in my life. Um, so when I was going there, my aunt used to work the front desk. And so, you know, there was a time, you know, early on, um, after the operations, I had to go in there for radiation and this and that. I mean, so I was in there five days a week, um, for, and I remember one of the most five days a week for, I do eight weeks, five days a week. And I was working through that whole thing. So I'd go from Marshfield to Rhode Island to work. I take the last last appointment in Boston, so drive to Boston, do my radiation, and drive home. And every night, when I would always see my aunt sitting there, and she goes, oh, "More lovely seeing your bridge." And I'd be, Aunt Eileen. I said, "This place is the this." I said, "This place is the best," but you know, this is you know, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and. Um, you know, just uh, the, the care, the nurses, the staff there, um, Dr. Hody, Stephen Hody. I mean, this guy's a brother to me. He, um, you know, he, I don't think he would, I don't think he wanted me to leave either. So, you know, he worked real hard. And uh, Dana Farber is the place that saved my life, along with Dr. Lazor. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He, he was my first ENT who looked up my nose. And uh, when I was with him the other day, he hadn't, uh, I don't know if the, I think he had like a new nurse with him. And, and so I had to embarrass him. I said, Hey, do you know anything about Dr. Well, she goes, What do you mean? I said, This guy saved my life. And she's, and so I told her, you know, a couple of stories. And she was pretty emotional after, uh, after I left. So you, you have that impact on people. So, but, um, 
Am I rambling? Uh, I don't know, listener. Is is he rambling? <laughs> Would you like to segue into the world of real estate now that you have that uh, that uh, second uh, lease on life and you are now fully engaged in the real estate world? What does the future of real estate, residential or otherwise, look like in your region of the South Shore of Boston? Well, you know, um, I think it, this area of um, the state is is quite strong. I mean, this is February of 2024, and um, we're still seeing values are out there. Um, we've had a good couple of weeks where we've had a lot of listings go on the market, and they've gone over and above asking. The problem right now is obviously a lack of inventory, um, and you know, and then there was an, another tick up in rates. But um, I feel very uh, strong about the real estate um, industry, especially on the South Shore, and I do still, still think there's great values. And I'm a huge believer. You know, I I love the all encompassing real estate business. As you mentioned, I, I I manage you know a couple large offices. I still actively sell. I invest, and um, I invest in, you know, uh, multifamily and allow my leasehold interest in the in world zones that you know about. So um, I'm all in on the real estate. Love it. Well, I think it's one of the best avenues to create generational wealth. I couldn't agree more. Let me ask you this question, though. There's a crisis. I mean, you, you speak to the low inventory, but there's truly an, a, a crisis where people simply can't afford to purchase real estate. Where's our path forward with that? Well, you know, I, I'd love to know the path, but I, I think the path is, um, you know, we have to look at our leadership here, especially in Massachusetts, um, our governor. And we really need to institute um, some wholesale changes in zoning, um, we have to actually create affordable affordable units. Um, we can't use 40B as the, you know, a 40B uh, is a good mechanism, but I think that needs to be refined. I think um, this MBTA community is an avenue to uh, really expand units, but, um, you know, the towns have to cooperate here, and I don't think they are. Um, no, I agree. I mean, look at, I live here. I have lived there in Marshfield for uh, 20 some odd years. Mark, you've been pretty close, I think, if not longer. And um, how are we going to create a community that, well, our kids can't live in the place that they grew up, grew up in and, and if they want to live here? And, and my daughter, you know, she's down in Clemson right now living the best of her life, but she tells me she, she loves Marsh and she wants to come back. And, um, I don't think she's going to be able to afford living here. So what do we do about this? Um, we need to, we need to, you know, remove barriers of entry. We also need to educate people. Um, the NIMBY mentality has to be eradicated. Uh, we all have to be all in this together. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know exactly the path, Mark, but, uh, you know, um, what is the uh, definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over expecting different results. We need wholesale change. We need, you know, leadership to well, put their foot down. And we need, you know, not only the leadership of the state, but locally, these towns and cities to really want to. Uh, I am sick and tired of people just saying they want it 
so it sounds like they do, but they really don't. We need we need action, and we need some you know heavy decisions, hard decisions to be made because um, well, you know, uh, people are flooding out of Massachusetts, and uh, I love the state, and uh, there's a like there's no place like it other than today it's snowing up. But I mean, we've got four seasons, we've got education, we've got hospitals, we've got everything you want. Um, but in order to, to sustain that, we need affordability. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the NIMBY, right? Not in my backyard. And recently I heard the term cave people, uh, citizens against virtually everything. <laughs> so right, I, that's pretty good. So I think there is, you know, there's a lot that the communities need to embrace and status quo is, is the death of progress. And, um, I know there are solutions out there. However, I, I, I do believe that people are allergic to change for the most part, you know, you know, save for the entrepreneurs and the, and the, the wild ones, as they say, the creatives, a lot of people don't want change and, um, it's going to be forced upon them and it'll be an interesting Interesting conversations are ahead of us, uh, especially this year of 2024 and, and beyond that are going to be uncomfortable. And I hope there's a, I believe there's a path forward. It's simply a matter of communicating effectively with one another. It's going to be communicating effectively. And, um, you know, these politicians have to work together. This is not about getting, you know, this is not about winning your next election. Right. This is about taking care of your community. This is taking care of your constituents. This is about building something that this isn't about just, this is about sustainability as a state, as a region. Um, and you, you know, just because we've been here hundreds of years and we've had a diverse economy, if we, we can't support our economy, if we can't, if we can't bring in the best and brightest and keep our own people here, it's a, it's a huge problem. I, I agree. And, and you mentioned, you know, zoning changes and, you know, you and I have talked about minimalist homes or, or what some refer to as tiny homes. You're doing something really creative uh, with your entrepreneur and your image studios in a similar fashion, right? Somebody might not be able to afford a storefront to run their business out of. However, you've given them an opportunity, a platform to get going. Can you tell us a little bit about Image Studios and what you and Lori are doing there? Yeah. So uh, Image Studios is a franchise out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, that Lori and I came across uh, two years ago. And uh, for lack of a better word, it's, it's shared space for beauty. And what we've done in Plymouth, and uh, we've been open since March of uh, 2023, and as of today, we are 100% occupied. Uh, we leased out 5,500 square feet of space right across from Chick-fil-A at Farmer's Way in Plymouth. And we built out 25 mini salon studios where the, the individual um, beauty pro, that could be a hairstylist, a barber, um, and then um, we have um, people who do waxing and estheticians and a tattoo artist and nurse injectable. So instead you also of going, have an IV drip person too, right? We do, yep. And so instead of you know, these people trying to, you know, rent or buy big buildings and rehab it. We, um, this, the mechanism is smaller suites, all encompass, 
uh, walk-in ready. We provide the furniture. We provide the infrastructure. You just bring your business over to Image Studio and you pay a, a weekly rent and you keep everything after that. And so our average suite size is 110 square feet. Um, we have some that are larger and uh, we're already getting to our renewals. So right now, we everyone, we're at a 98% renewal rate for our first set of suites that are um, that are coming up um, on renewal for a year. People came here and these pros trusted to us. We had a dirt floor when we were when we were uh, showing people our idea. We had plans, but you know, they came in and it was dirt floors, four walls on the ceiling. And um, 31 of these pros entrusted us to bring their business over. And it's been an unbelievable ride. It hasn't been easy. As you know, Mark, I picked up the phone many times calling you in tears, thinking I made a mistake. Um, and you always had great advice on how to keep charging through. But um, what's really been fun about this, as you said, is we have been able to help people be um, entrepreneurs. And what's amazing is we probably have seven or eight or maybe even nine people who are under like 25 years old um, that just said, why do I have to go work for somebody for five years to learn my craft? I know my craft. I know I'm a hard worker. I might need some help here or there on the business side, but I'm going to go for it. And they've all gone for it and they love it. And it's been, um, man, it's been a ton of fun. With all those, you know, Mark, I, as I said, everybody out there, I called Mark. Mark was, I had Mark on the backbone, calling him up, saying, how do I want, this thing is, this thing's not going right. And you would always give me good advice in the cell, you know, you got to do this. Here's some, you were very directive when I needed directive help. And uh, we got through it. And um, I forget all about those days now. And all we're thinking about is helping the next people. It's big fun. That that might have been part of my shared experiences with you was get through this. You'll black it out. Don't worry about it. You know, just you definitely do. <laughs> just black it you out. Um, you know, there's a reoccurring theme I'm hearing from you. You know, whether you're, you know, inspiring the the other real estate professionals, you're inspiring these young entrepreneurs. You're helping folks co- cope and manage through cancer, you're helping consumers buy and sell real estate, you're, you found it. You found that purpose that we all are out seeking and it's super inspiring. One well, of the, go ahead. Well, you know, um, you know, that was ingrained by my mother, my mom, who uh, unfortunately, she passed away 29 years ago. So I'm at the threshold where I've been without my mom as long as I was mm. with her, which is quite sad. But um, my mom was just a super giving person who, you know, basically she woke up every morning wondering how she could help somebody. Love it. And, um, you know, it comes from her. It's amazing what somebody can do to ingrain that into another. And, and you have it. And I'm sure what you're doing through your actions. I know for me, you're inspiring me. I'm sure you're inspiring your children. I'm, it's, I'm sure you're expi- I'm not too ins- sure about that, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I know them. They're unbelievable <laughs> human beings. So let me ask you this. Um, as you're helping, right? So the consumers, let's talk about the consumer base. 
somebody works with you, you list their property, you find them a buyer, they go through the whole experience of selling their house and they say, you know what, that was awesome. I want to get on the Google machine and I want to write a testimonial for Richie. What does that sound like? Um, oh, Mark, this is hard. I wasn't expecting this. Um, I would hope they would said I was open, honest, gave advice. Um, it always had, and the advice was always for their best interest. Um, I was with a friend, a mutual friend of ours recently, and we were talking about, I was talking about helping somebody buy a house. And he goes, what's, what's the problem? And I said, well, the problem is because I, 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 I've talked this person out of buying the last five houses. <laughs> and he's like, what, what do you mean? I said, well, what do you mean? What do I mean? I said, you know, I, I didn't, what I was hearing from my client um, didn't match up with what we wanted to execute. And um, they eventually bought something and super happy. But um, you know, I'm not here to sell a house. Um, I, once again, back to, you know, um, real estate in many forms of functions, the best way to create wealth. And, and, and a lot of people say, well, you know, your primary residence isn't that mechanism. I totally disagree with that. Same. Primary residence is absolutely that mechanism. Um, I wouldn't be able to do uh, image studio without my primary residence. So, um, like anything else, the buy-in is ultimately important on how you, you know, how that investment works out. So um, I'm very cautious and uh, I will lead that client, that friend, will give them as much information. And um, if they need or want an opinion, because some people don't need my opinion, that's fine. Some people do want it. And um, I am not going to sugarcoat it. And I will tell them what I think of the house or what the situation is. And I've lost clients because of that, and that's fine. Um, you know, this I I am I'm not. I, I only want to work with it, you know people that I want to work with and who want to work with me. I I'm not going to be that. I'll never be that number one sales agent, Mark. You know that. I'm just not that person. Um, I just want to help and make sure that I'm doing the best for that particular person at that particular time. Which I believe, if you were to look in the dictionary under professional. That would pretty much define professional. I so, would hope so. I would hope so. So let me ask you this. Can we touch the third rail, put our tippy toes on the third rail of uh, what's going on in your industry with the lawsuits and the class actions and the NAR and the Department of Justice? And where do you see the future of, of that? We can. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've read a lot about it. Um, I'm not sure where I, I, I'm not sure where it's going at, in the moment, or I'm not sure where it's going in the long run. Let me say that. In the short run, I, I think it's, it's going to be pretty much how's it's been going. What's going to change in the, in the, in the future? I'm not sure because of these, these lawsuits. I would think, um, you know, buyer agency uh, would be something that would, come more to the forefront. Um, I've never used buyer agency agreement. I've always said, if you want to work with me, that's fine. And if you don't want to work with me, that's fine. But um, Mark, I, I, I wish I really had a good, a, a good opinion on where I think it's going, but I don't. Um, I think we still have a lot to shake out here. Um, but you know what I, what I, what I do get upset uh, about is, um, and I'm not here to, um, you know, to, to just, 
talk about my business and, and, and say it's perfect because no business is. Um, there are great realtors out there. There are there are not so great realtors out there. And um, I don't know if the, the, the lawsuit necessarily has to deal with that. But um, at the end of the day, if you don't trust the person that you work with, you should be working with somebody else. Yeah. Um, I think I'm really skirting the issue, Mark, but uh, I don't <laughs> mean to be. So let me ask you this question, Rich. How do you consume information? Are you an audible learner, listener, or do you sit and read to consume? I, I, I would say I read to consume. So is there any book that's impacted you in a fundamental way? Oh, absolutely. So uh, Last of a Breed by Louis Lamar was a book that my father recommended to me. And, and this book was published, I think, in the 1980s. And it was about a, a Native American Indian pilot, uh, Joe Mack, who was shot behind enemy lines in Siberia. And um, with his, you know, uh, as I said, a Native American who, uh, who lived off the land and the story takes him from Siberia, crashed down the plane, escapes from Russia through the Bering Straits and gets back home. And my dad read that book probably five times gave it to me. And uh, I've read that book twice. I haven't hey. read in 15 years, but um, it's just, uh, like, you know, I don't know, maybe that was uh, uh, something in the past that kept on saying, yeah, never quit, never quit, never yeah. quit. And uh, Joe Mack in Last of a Breed, it's, a, it's an amazing book. Uh, so, no, re so resilience, no quit, never die. Resilience, no quit, never die. Um, it Love is it. an unbelievable book. And now I'm going to have to go find it again. So for me, I'm an Audible learner. So I'm going to mark that down on my wish list for uh, the upcoming Audible credits. Uh, name the book again so I can write that down. Last of, a, Last of the Breed, Louis Lamour. Awesome. And for those who are out there jogging or walking their dog or doing the dishes, don't sweat it. Thomas will put it in the show notes. You can push right through and, and find it. So, Rich. I can't let you go without asking the same question I've asked every single person on this podcast since the inception. Each week, our guests will get your podcasts and the podcasts going forward. And it's created a mini network. Many times I've emailed Rich, meet Dave. You both have something in common. You both were guests on the podcast and you have something in common in business and you need to get together. I want to visualize and fulfill that dream at some point to have those folks come together in a networking event and at the center stage will be karaoke because that's also the common thread that you guests all have so rich you're next up on stage what are you singing all right mark like everything else that you asked me I, I never have a straight answer so why should i end this you know without a straight answer so the easy one for me and i've done it with you would be Lawyers, Guns, and Money by Warren Zemo. I know that song by art. Probably nobody else does. It's an easy one. I feel comfortable. I would crank that out and I would kill it. No questions asked. I would kill it. I love that. <laughs> I can't wait. But there are two other songs. So I knew this Ooh, was coming. Here we go. There are two, two other songs that, one, I would love to sing. Okay. I don't know if I could. I would love to do hard to handle. Ooh, I, the really crows. fast, really fast. 
Um, Ryan could play guitar on that. You sing, um, he plays guitar. He's yeah, a huge pro. He's a huge pro. I, I think that song, is, that song's killer. And I think that, you know, it's one of those songs that everybody knows. It's a it's just one of those great, well, it's a, to me, it's one of those anthems, but um, I love Hard him. to Handle is a great tune. Um, so I'd love to give that a try. And then there is one song that I keep very close to my vest, mm-hmm. and I don't think I could sing it, but it, it, uh, it means a lot to me. And, um, and it was one of those, oh God, here we go. It was one of those songs that I, I kept on thinking about and listening to during my tough times. And it's uh, called Well Angels by Train. Uh-huh. And, and what I will say to that is uh, there were angels everywhere. And I've been the beneficiary of having many come in my life. And Mark Stiles, you are one of those angels. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And, and as are you for many, many folks. And uh, this has been an amazing conversation. There's one question that I have to ask you, oh. most important of them all, more important than the karaoke one. And thank you for the three songs. And I can't wait to hear you <laughs> sing Train because you know I have my own portable karaoke set. And Yeah, I don't know if you, I can do that. You're going to give it a go. Well, you're going to give it a go. I will, I will be blubbering a lot. Uh, with the whole room. Won't be a dry eye. I love it. But how does someone get in touch with you? What's the best way and how do they do it? I'm old school. Polly, Rich Murphy. 781-389-5321. Eight emails. Decent on text. Pick up the horn. Give me a buzz. <laughs> What's the number again? 781 781- Three eight nine five three two one, and guess what? I pick up. <laughs> and the there time. you go. And then again, Thomas will put that in the show notes too, so you don't have to run looking for that pen, rewinding it, hitting the ten second back thing. It'll be there for you. And he is. He's available. Rich, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you more than you possibly know. And thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with our listeners. Mark, it's always fun, and you you always get uh, you always pull me apart in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thank you again for listening. This has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you laughed, if you learned something, or this moved you, or you thought of somebody, share this with them. Share this with everyone. Have a great week, everybody. Be well. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This episode is brought to you in part by Securitytle. Securitytle is a fractional paralegal service assisting with all things real estate in Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Securitytle.com, where security and title come together. S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-T-L-E dot com. Securitytle. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. 
The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.